Welcome back to the Racial Draft Podcast. I am your host, Michael Ford, joined by Jared. Jared, hey man, what's up? Uh, not much. I'm doing uh, pretty good. How's the life of a college freshman? Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's all right. Workload's starting to increase. So, uh, um, a little stressful, but other than that, it's pretty great. All right. We're also joined by Randy. Randy, what's it like on the uh, uh, in the land of of, of crazy stories? <laughs> I mean, yeah, the stories never stop being crazy because <laughs> we like even even in weeks where we don't get a whole lot of news, sometimes we get like developments on stuff that's already popping, and it, it's 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 a lot. Yeah, Florida man is always out there. Florida man is always getting into trouble. Um, but for the listeners, if this is your first episode, I apologize. Uh, we are still in our off season, but we are getting very close to the fifth season of the racial draft, where we change the complexion of the comic book universe one draft pick at a time. And before we get into our nerd news stories, I'd like to shout out to your favorite mermaid and mine, the Little Mermaid from the Disney. Um, it's, it appears that white people have lost their goddamn mind. And, um, you know, anyone want to say anything thing about that? Um, last I checked, as, as somebody, I don't know if, if folks are aware, I am a fan of mythology. I love reading folklore and legends and, and different fairy tales and stuff like that. But last I checked, um, Mermaids are not a thing that is exclusive to Europe. There are numerous cultures around the world that that have their some version of a, a mermaid or or something related to a mermaid, and and you know there's people who literally are talking about like oh you're taking away our heritage and our culture and it's like I had no idea you were from Atlantis. I am so sorry. <laughs> like, I don't know what else. Yeah, to say. I mean and and I mean as far as I I mean mermaids. They're just half people, half fish, right? I mean, look, by all means, if if you are offended that that the fish half that she is is like not native to your land, then like, okay, sure, fine. You, you're like, well, I, I thought her bottom half was supposed to be salmon. Like, I think that's unfair. <laughs> I guess. Like, I don't I don't really get like they they're they're not actual beings that exist. They, mm. they exist in, in legends around the world, but they are just that. They are legends. So. Yeah, not to mention that, like, the specific Little Mermaid story, that would be the Disney version of the Little mm -hmm. Mermaid story. D correct me if I'm wrong, but that movie came out in, like, the late 90s. Right? I believe it was, like, late 80s, early 90s. I'm, I'm not quite sure, but I do know that it was, like, 90s-ish. I will say that. You said eighty nine. Yeah. yeah. Oh wow. Okay. So yeah, I, I I was born in ninety one. So I'm like, I saw it when I was young, but it was like it hadn't just come out. So okay. I mean, the reason I say that is because, like, how far back in your historical lore are we going? You know, I mean, one could make the argument, and I'm making the argument right now. Thank you very much. That Disney chose the look for Ariel, the Little Mermaid, based on what they thought would sell back in 1989. Mm -hmm. Nothing more, nothing less. And 
we guess what guys we're in 2022 what we think might sell is a little bit more diverse than what the people in the 80s thought might sell i mean even even a few years um even a few years after the little mermaid came out um she had an animated series and like we had at least one, i mean as i can recall i've, I've only you know I, obviously not an expert in that area but i remember at least one brown mermaid who was like I, i'm presuming latina but she was like deaf and and communicated in sign language and stuff like i mean they they obviously were like trying to progress and and kind of do more back then so i mean for us to be at this point and and kind of still be having this conversation for the umpteenth time like you know ginger side and and white replacement and all this other tomfoolery like it's it's your thing did not stop existing <laughs> just because the new thing is here like your 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 yes but their, randy they're their white supremacy and their hegemony is very much under assault. Well, well, well but 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 it, it's under assault in their minds. There are not like secret woke police breaking into your house with freaking battering rams and stealing all your your VHS tapes with the white one. Like it's fine. Your your <laughs> movie still exists. It's still real. We're not trying to like burn the books and burn the movies and stuff. It's fine. <laughs> and you, listen, you, and you can still have a Calypso singing crab uh, and all of the problematic right. elements that might come from that. Right. I'm, I'm not hearing any complaints about that part, uh, but but I digress. <laughs> like you, you you're still going to be able to to make your inappropriate little rule 24 fan art of her over on whatever website of your choosing. Yes. You, yes. You still are able to you're still able to portray this character that's that's the beauty of headcanon you are still able to portray the character how you want her to look but this movie is a new thing it is an adaptation things change and that's kind of like the root word of adaptation is adapt change over yeah. time it's fine yeah and the reason i wanted to get into that is because you know obviously like i said it's the off season of the racial draft but it's a big part of what we think about when we think about the racial draft because we're thinking about like what it means to reimagine a character um, through the lens of a different racial or ethnic group. Um, sometimes a racial or ethnic group is um, instrumental and central mm -hmm. to a character. And a lot of times it's not. It's just a matter of the default at that point in time was that this character was white. Because, and, and because again, I, go yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I, I I will slightly pivot to something a, a tad more you know uh, directly related to to the racial draft itself. Um, last couple days there was there was a tweet that um that I quote retweeted and it was like it, it turns out it was a joke. Somebody was being sarcastic, but essentially they were like, well, since uh you know Kiki Palmer voiced interest in in playing Rogue for the MCU. And and so the tweet was like, well, if she's gonna play Rogue, who's who's a white girl, then we're gonna have Madeline Petch be a uh, Storm. Oh, mm, yeah. And who is, yeah, do, so is, like, real quick, who's Madeline uh, Petch? Do you know uh, she is? Ma Madeline Petch, uh, she plays um, 
she plays Cheryl Blossom on the show Riverdale, redhead white girl. So she's um, not she's not African in any kind of way. No. no. Okay. Just making <laughs> sure. Very white. See, uh, yeah. So basically, they were like, okay, fine. If you want to take our our uh, uh white character and have her be race bent, and and you know, again, to to the uh the to to the credit of the the original poster who I quote retweeted. Um, it was a joke. They were saying it jokingly, but a lot of people were like latching on and like, yeah, you should be able to, if you can take our white characters, we should be able to take your black characters. And and it's still going, not mm. not to toot my own horn in terms of virality, but just like people are really up in arms over this kind of idea that it's, you know, I don't know. I mean, a lot of a lot of different conversations kind of uh end up in this spot but just sort of feeling like okay well if you do xyz to to uplift or, or or represent black people then yeah we obviously must be able to do the exact same thing because there's clearly no uh social differential between black people and white people in in our society that's yeah you know i mean i definitely want to have the discussion um with respect to rogue specifically but i mm-hmm. i hope i hope that Rogue is going to come up in the upcoming season of the racial draft. So we can enjoy, we can have that discussion then. Um, but I will say, I will briefly say that I, I think it's been really cool to see all the people who are on board with Kiki Palmer playing mm-hmm. you know, all the fan art uh, that's been proliferating. And if yeah. you see fan art listeners, go ahead and tag us uh, racial draft pod on Twitter or uh, all of our other socials, and we'll go ahead and share it. If you create fan art, uh, all all of that, we 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 we're all about it here. So you know, let's keep let's keep that coming. Keep that keep that movement moving. You know, um, but let's dive into some nerd news, some bona fide nerd news. Uh, there's still no X Men nerd news, so we'll just have to uh, continue to speculate. But it but staying within the realm of of black women. Ironheart had a bit of casting news, but as is their want with a lot of the Ironheart casting news, we actually don't know who this actor is going to be playing. Um, Rashida Sheeds Olayawella, uh, from a show called Southside, is uh, joining the cast. Um, again, uh, she's a comedian, writer, and actress. I'm not familiar with her work. But, uh, you know, she's a Black woman, and the show's about a Black woman, and a Black woman from the South Side of Chicago, so I'm assuming that that's what the South Side means, so I think it's probably appropriate. What do you think, Randy? I, I'm very intrigued to see how it turns out. I, I will say that much, because, like, I, I, you know, we, we don't have a whole lot to go on in terms of um, Ironheart's solo kind of mythos. Mm-hmm. So I'm um, I'm sure they're probably going to sort of build out and and sort of borrow from Ellen. like you know we're going to get some original elements that were not in the comics and then we're going to also see some elements borrowed like we already saw with um the hood being cast like he's never previously been um one of Ironheart's rogues or or anything like that so I'm yeah. I'm just kind of keeping an open mind at this point. Yeah. What about you, Jared? Do you have any thoughts? Did you read the Ironheart comics? I did. Um, okay. I so unfortunately, I'm not familiar with this uh, actress's body of work. Yeah. Um, however, I, the, the Ironheart show is definitely a show that I feel my excitement 
has grown substantially um after the you know the the leaks and uh, again official confirmation that the hood will be in this uh show mm-hmm. i'm just happy that we're not it, it does seem like the very basic pull for the show is that it'll be sort of like a tech versus uh mystic arts dark mm-hmm. arts yep. sort of thing yeah. so uh i'm just happy that that not only does that sound really interesting um it's you know i'm happy not to see just your hero versus an evil dark mirror of themselves yep with the yeah. power. so that's uh, cool and this seems yeah it seems like they're pulling very heavily from a very specific arc mm-hmm. um so I, I if that is so i am very excited for the show yeah i mean one thing that we should mention um you know because it's one of those things that i'm that i used that i was more concerned about but i'm less concerned about now um the fact that they're tying uh riri williams uh to wakanda in some way you know mm-hmm. we know she's going to appear in uh, black panther wakanda forever we also know that we're probably going to get her armor uh in black panther wakanda forever um that's that adds another dimension to her that you know doesn't exist in the books at all so it, it's a little bit of uncharted territory with respect to the role that um the role that Riri will be playing in the Marvel Cinematic Universe I mean we had talked a little bit offline about how you know um T'Challa not being around kind of creates this void in the MCU and and not knowing for sure like which characters are going to sort of step up and occupy by that role. I mean, we have, um, you know, Iron Man, uh, Tony Stark, not in the universe. And now we have Black Panther, not in the universe. Theoretically, there's a, there's a way that, that, um, you know, Ironheart, that Riri Williams could kind of bridge those two gaps. So, you know, I'm very curious to see kind of like where they go with her character and where they go with her series. Uh, what I will say is very disappointing is that, um, you know, we're going back to the uh, six episode structure for mm-hmm. the M- for the uh, HBO Max, I'm sorry, the, uh, the <laughs> Disney Plus, the, you know, Disney Plus shows. Um, I still think that the ideal length for these shows are probably eight episodes, but, you know, fingers crossed that they'll, you know, crack that nut, so to speak. And, and make six episodes work i i do find it so silly though like disney plus it's their own streaming service like there's no reason that they have full control they, like they can say we want to do a seven episode series or an eight like i feel like the only show that really benefited from the six episode format was loki and even loki i think it could have benefited a little bit from a seventh episode yeah but and like, even loki uh, i think that loki Hawkeye, worked yeah. i think that part of why loki worked is that right off the bat when they, when it ended they were like oh yeah but they're we're continuing this in loki season two because mm-hmm. because all the other series um were basically self-contained stories mm-hmm. i think that we were we felt that rush i think we felt that feeling that they didn't quite tell that story, uh, you know, as well as they could have told it in the six hours allotted. 
you know, that whether it was because uh, a B plot wasn't given the, the, the attention that it warranted, whether it was because a character didn't get fleshed out to the extent mm-hmm. that, that character would have been fleshed out in a longer season, you know, or, you know, you get to the penultimate episodes and you're like, there's so many balls in the air. How can they fight? You know, how can they bring it all home? You know, it's, it's that seemed to be such a common restraint, you know, a common refrain in the in the fifth episode of all these six hour uh, series mm-hmm. that, you know, the hope is that going forward, they can figure out how to tell the story um, with an extra two hours or an extra, even an extra hour. But it, it's such a peculiar, peculiar issue because like, most of these shows are like three shows in one like even looking at moon knight Mm -hmm. it's like it's the you know adventures in egypt and the and the mr robot type you know mystery Mm -hmm. and the i mean and and you know like even miss marvel i love kind of becomes a total different show mm-hmm. in episodes four and five like it, it yeah. does season two in episodes four and five and yeah. I, I i mean that might be my favorite show of all of them but like it's just such a weird issue yeah i mean i think part i think i do think part of it is that it's kind of like you know with a movie you've got your like three act structure quote unquote and mm-hmm. maybe in conceptualizing the show you want to say if you're going to do a three act structure that you know you, you do two episodes each and each and each of those represent the acts but mm-hmm. but i just think that it's not a movie you're not sitting right. down and watching it uh in a 6 hour block you're watching it from week to week over the course of a month and a half and at that point it becomes more like television and yeah. you know you got to let that medium breathe a little bit more. Most of our favorite shows at are are about ten episodes per season, if not are there, more. Are are there any of these that you think should have like one hundred percent been a movie instead of just a, a a season? I think Falcon and Winter Soldier could have been a movie. Um, yeah, that's that's really the only one that stands out to me as like could have been a movie because I mean, <clears throat> WandaVision I Haw- actually when... Hawkeye could have been a movie too. Hawkeye was okay, good. yeah, yeah, that's that's I fair. Agree. But like WandaVision, uh, Loki, Moon Knight, I don't think any. Well, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't think any of them would have benefited from just being like, oh yeah, this could have been an email. It's just, you know, just <laughs> well, the thing about Hawkeye. I'm sorry. The thing about Moon Knight. I think that Moon Knight could have been a movie but not with that not not with all of that stuff like crammed yeah. in like, it, it addressed a lot yeah it, it but i also think that bad. like it would have it would have been very unsatisfying right. because because it was more of a um of a, a character study than mm-hmm. a than a spectacle right exactly yeah and i think moon knight would have benefited from additional episodes mm-hmm. yeah it's ironic though because like um, WandaVision was actually nine episodes, and it was it's one of people's favorites. Yeah, WandaVision, yeah. I mean, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, uh, 
I was just going to say, WandaVision feels like a special case because that last episode really, like, it's lame. It's not bad. I just think mm. it's really lame, but it gets completely retcon basically with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Hmm. Like, you, it leaves Wanda at such a different spot mm-hmm. from where, like, the movie picks up. I don't know. Right? I mean, I, I feel like, I feel like if, you know, I, I know that COVID threw off a lot of the timelines. I feel like if we would have gotten um, WandaVision and then a month later got in uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, I don't think it would have felt that discordant, especially if they had said that, you know, a year had passed between mm-hmm. like the end of of WandaVision and, and um, you know, and, and Multiverse of Madness. But I, I think that ironically the year that passed allowed us to think that there was more resolution than there actually was you know i mean that that just comes from the fact that like social media has a tendency to like chew over its food for way too freaking long (laughs) like Mm -hmm. we kept getting like all kinds of different conversations and like going through all the different aspects from every kind of episode and all like we got so much conversation about it and and so much of like fans reading into stuff and recontextualizing stuff and even just some revisionism that like by the time we finally got around to actually seeing multiverse madness people were like well it didn't make sense that she turned evil even though we just saw that she ended wandavision having the dark hold like right. oh <laughs> okay yeah and even though people were like wanda never faced any accountability for the things that she did in wandavision well it's like well guess what after she didn't face any accountability for the things she did in wandavision she got the dark so maybe so maybe she said well i messed up trying to create this like tv show type deal Maybe I need. Maybe what I need to do is do some do something uh, bigger. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. So there, there was a lot that like people just glossed over, and and you know, right. Uh, yeah, but one thing that I, I mean, it's weird because I, I, I've been, I've been enjoying this phase. Um, you know, this this is phase five, right? Or is this phase We're four? Phase four. This is still phase four. Sorry. Um, so I've been enjoying phase four, but I, I do think that it's been a little harder with the shows and the movies of like maintaining the timeline. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it used to kind of be that whatever came next comes next right. uh, in the future. Now you're just kind of like, well, this happened between this thing and this other thing. But this this thing that came out last month actually takes place in the future. And this is between, you know what I mean? Like, like less of that, less of that, less of that. You've been responsible for a lot of that, though. Sure, 100%. But I wish that there was a way that they could just, like, we get this stuff because we're on the internet, you know, yeah. and we're like, you know, like 12 blog articles will come out and we'll read them all and we'll know. But I think that the average fan 
is not being presented with when with when these stories take place. And I do well, think that that's hurt. But I, I, I also don't necessarily think that the general audience particularly cares. Like, I, I don't think they think about it that deeply just because like, you know, it, it's very easy to kind of get immersed in, in Twitter and feel like that's sort of a reflection of, you know, because it is so many people, you kind of get a feeling like, oh, this is like sort of my sample size of, of mm-hmm. sort of the, how everybody generally takes it. But, you know, when you like, if, if I talk to some friends of mine who are, you know, out, you know, in meat space, <laughs> you can sort of. <laughs> get a, a, a different reflection of like actually I thought that movie was great it was blah 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 and it's like you know that you know you sort of have to recontextualize that Twitter no, but- is, is sort of you know it, it is a microcosm but it, it's not quite as as uh, accurate a reflection as as some folks like to make it out yeah but I do think that one of the things that worked really well with the Marvel stuff is mm-hmm. the momentum and you know it didn't always happen. I, I will I will fully acknowledge that. But one yeah. of the things that used to happen is that the project, one project would end and it would lead almost directly into the next thing. Mm-hmm. And in it, and that would get you hyped for for that thing. So like yeah. you know, it was much more clear. Yes. So like right. love it. So like when we watch Love and Thunder, you know, whatever they put in the post-credit scene for Love and Thunder would we we would maybe go like no more than two projects before that would be followed up or yeah. you know multiverse of madness would have an easter egg that would lead into black panther you know what i mean like uh-huh. like that's not happening to the same extent anymore and i and i think that that's been frustrating for fans and also been a little bit frustrating for for even like casual people because they're, they have to get their bearings a little bit whenever they get into a new show yeah. Um, yeah, or, a, or a new movie. So like, I, while I think that a lot of the criticisms of She-Hulk have been you know, unreasonable, I think that if She-Hulk was somehow teased in the last thing that people watched, mm-hmm. they, would, they would have a, a sense of like what the vibe is and they'd be on board and it wouldn't take them you know, two or three episodes to, to get their bearings yeah but you know again this is a little bit of navel gazing just as we're doing like the overall like i'm i i for one i mean it's been a while since we've had an episode of shelton and jiva we're gonna bring that back um but but yeah i mean i've been enjoying the show so far and um it's been a nice a nice departure from from your your standard uh disney plus um, I don't want to use the word formula, but the standard Disney Plus orientation going into six episode series and the uh-huh. dramatic uh, m- movie movie told over six weeks thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, speaking of movies told over uh, six weeks, we should talk a little bit about Star Wars. You guys like Star Wars, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, the Acolyte, or as I like to call it, the Blackolite, um, is uh, continuing to cast people that are not white. So, uh, you know, we're here for it in the racial draft. Uh, Manny Jacinto, who you might know from The, the Good Place, has also been cast 
uh, to play another of the uh, emerging dark side powered users. Uh, this is set in the final days of the High Republic era, in the beginnings, the earliest stage of the dark side, like I said. Uh, it's already uh, Amandla Stenberg, Amandla Stenberg rather, uh, Lee Jong Jae, who you might know from Squid Game, uh, Jody Turner Smith. These are all pretty, uh, pretty well regarded actors. Mm -hmm. Do you guys know a lot about Manny Jacinto's stuff? I recall hearing his name. That's kind of okay. it. What about you, Jared? Um, I I I happen to love the Good Place, and okay. is my favorite character from that show. Awesome. Um, He's also like very briefly in the new Top Gun movie. Um, yeah, I, I think this uh, Manny Jacinto, you know, the more of him, the better. Awesome, awesome. So I mean, this is this is the uh, this is the other side of the of the puzzle, right? Where like um, people talk about, oh, race banding is bad. You need to create your own create your own characters. And it's like, all right, well, we've created <laughs> our own characters in the Star Wars universe. It's like not like that, not like that. <laughs> So every time shout out to the galaxy far, far away. Um, the dark side is getting a little darker. You know what I mean? Um, what else was there? So there's uh, some not Star Wars, not Marvel, but still in the geek space. Are you guys familiar with a video game called oh, Gran Turismo? No, Gran Turismo. I am not. Jarrett played it, but I've, I I know of it. It is a racing video game uh, that uh, I have actually played, even though I'm not much of a gamer. Uh, Sony PlayStation. They're still trying to make that video game fetch happen, and they've got uh, Orlando Bloom, David Harbour, and rising actor Archie Madeque. Are going to be on this project. It's directed by Neil Blomkamp, who you might know from District Nine and Elysium. So uh, yeah, they're doing they're doing a uh, racing video game based movie, and that would be Gran Turismo. Any other thoughts about Gran Turismo, Randy? I I have never played it. I I don't know anything about it. Like. The, the closest thing my mind is thinking of is like another version of Fast and Furious, which I also have not watched or, or anything like that. But I mean, if it looks good, if, if the trailer looks good, I, I will give it a try, you know. Okay. All right. Um, additionally, uh, we should talk a little bit about DC Comics, or sorry, DC Films. Um, Joker, Foley, I do has casted an actor named Jacob Lofland, who I am not familiar with at all. What about you, Randy? Jacob Lofland? I I also am not familiar with him, but from what I saw of his face, like some people are like fan casting that he might be a young Jonathan Crane. I mean hmm. I, yeah, you know, he I does have that does have that crane face. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I could imagine him being awkward and creepy like that. Yeah. Kind of kind of gives a little bit of, you know, the, the edge lord who like 
is a little bit too into horror movies and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I can see it. Yeah, I mean, they said they said he's going to be playing an inmate in the asylum who develops a relationship with a Joker, but that could be anyone, really, if we're being honest. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll stay posted. We'll try to figure out, uh, you know, who he could be playing. But Jonathan Crane wouldn't be a bad idea, especially if they do a deal where like Jonathan Crane's father is a doctor, you uh-huh. know, in the in the asylum. I mean, I know that there are incarnations where, like, he's not the first. Uh, you know, not the first scarecrow-ish uh, person. Yeah. I mean, I, I will throw this out there again. Okay. We already have per- perfect Jonathan Crane in this movie in Catherine Keener. Mm, so, uh, yeah, you did mention uh, that. So yeah, you know, well, a gender-bent a gender-bent uh, scarecrow. Gender, but you guys, you heard it here first, okay? okay. I, right. I, I really hope that that comes to fruition. Well, regardless, this is movie, as we would like to remind you, does have a musical component. So uh, we'll find out what kind, what they're going to be singing and dancing, singing and dancing about when this movie comes about. Uh, what else? What else? Staying in the realm of DC little movie called constant time constantine depending on uh <laughs> depending on where, where how, how you want to play it keanu reeves is back people shout out to the multiracial delegation for, for mm-hmm. you know all of a sudden getting getting the the opportunity to bring john constantine back into the fold in the sequel to the when did this movie come out? Early 2000s, right? Early, like 2005 yeah. or something like that. Yeah, before the Keanu Renaissance, the Keanu Sans, if you will. Um, yeah, so there's a Constantine sequel. There was a, Con- well, there is a Constantine series that we talked about uh, mm-hmm. in development with J.J. With, um, Abrams with a black Constantine. Um, in, in development ish no it's so here's the thing it's still in development it's just hbo max was like uh you know you know that meme where someone's walking with their girlfriend and they look back you know that's that's <laughs> uh that's them in keanu uh and not them in the in black constantine because hbo max has passed on on this constantine series but they will be shopping it uh warner brother warner brothers discovery be shopping into different outlets um so it's still being made which is yeah brings us right into our new story which is jj abrams constantine series will be shopped elsewhere (laughs) Um, and in addition to constantine uh also madam x Mm -hmm. randy you're you're a dc head who's madam x again um madam xanadu is... Oh yeah, Madam Xanadu. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the the movie uh, you you were on, you know, you were on point. The movie itself is called Madam X, but it's based around Madam Xanadu, who's this ancient um, seer, mystic. Um, like she often like you know she's involved in like the tarot and stuff like that. That's sort of her calling card, <laughs> pun intended, I guess. Uh-huh. But but yeah, she she's um she's really uh instrumental in in sort of the function of of um at least the the original incarnation of justice league dark um and 
you know, she, I, I believe she was around, like, around the time of, of, like, Merlin and King Arthur and stuff like that. So she's an ancient and, and powerful mm-hmm. character who is, like, you know, she's due for a, a thing by now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, my my general feelings is that I we we sort of had um it, it's it's just very strange this this decision to me like just as as is like 95% of everything else that Warner <laughs> Discovery has been doing since this this you know but so I here's mean, why here's why it's not as baffling to me mm-hmm. um Keanu Reeves right now is pretty popular yeah. You know, he's got, you know, he, you know, the Matrix thing didn't really go down the way we wanted it to, but um, you know, he's got the John Wick movies. Like he's yeah. I would say he's potentially more popular now than he's ever been. And he did I, say I that very and he did say that he wanted to revisit the, the the character. So if if you're DC, if you're Warner Brothers and you want to bring a very beloved actor into the fold you and he says this is who he wants to play you find a way to make that happen but you you know to the extent that if they think that they can make good money with a movie it's not it's very hard to make good money with a streaming series unless i mean you, I, unless you sell it i i i understand that and and you know that obviously you you Anytime I kind of have these these qualms about it, you, you lay it out pretty well, I, I will say. But just strictly on sort of the story side of it, mm-hmm. it it feels like to what end? You you get what I'm saying? Like yeah. you, you get, say for example, if if you got another um if if you were to get another Michael Keaton Batman movie right now. And mm-hmm. and I'm not saying that it should or should not happen. Whatever. If we mm-hmm. get another one announced, then you know, by all means. But uh, it, it it just feels like to what end, especially when you you are having uh, another like Constantine movie, Constantine movie. His mm-hmm. movie is going to still remain pronounced Constantine. I'm pretty. Oh, sure. You never know. They might switch it. Up. Yeah. Um, like, no, but no. Oh, but here's what, here's what I would say. Like they for years they've been trying to develop this uh, mm-hmm. Justice League Dark movie, yeah, and they haven't been able to, like you know, figure it out. Right. If if the if Keanu Reeves is essentially becomes essentially the Iron Man, you know, to their Justice League Dark, then then but they, but. They, but, but... Mm-hmm. But but that presumes that he's gonna become that though. You know what I'm saying? No, like, no, for he, sure. But you like you said, to what end, right? If the mm-hmm. end is Constantine sequel happens, mm-hmm. it makes good money and people want to see more of him in the movies. Now right, now you've the, got a bona fide movie star to anchor your team movie that you can yes, bring but, out. Mm-hmm. But but it still poses the question. If you're going to have him be the guy, mm-hmm. what is the, I mean, then it shifts, you know, the ball goes into the other side of the court. It's like, okay, well, then what is the purpose of the series? Yeah, but, but know, again, like, but with the same way that, like, I don't know, have, did you, have you watched the Sandman show on Netflix? I haven't. Okay, it's really, it's really good. It's really good. Um, so there's a Sandman show. There's a Lucifer show. 
Mm-hmm. There's a world in which those shows should be connected, but they're not. All right. <laughs> you know, um, I think, you know, this, this, I don't know if you have a story on this. I, I, I probably didn't attach a story. I think that the whole like connected universe ethos mm-hmm. for DC is not that they're com- not that they're not going to have connected projects. But oh yeah, I think they're, that, they're playing a lot more fast and loose with it now. Yeah, I think that they're. I think that they're that that's not going to be the default. They're the they're default... they're happy. They're happy to be like you know take each project as it comes and don't just assume that it's connected to a larger thing. Yeah. Yeah. So so if they're if their feeling is that these are the ones that we can connect, and then mm-hmm. these are the ones that we don't have to connect. Um, but someone wants to pay us money for it. That's where I think that's the realm that I think that uh, Madam X and the uh, Constantine show are going to fall in. The and, realm. and see that that makes me all the more frustrated, just because it's like okay, if, at least if you're gonna do something that's not in continuity, at least do something that's like not a a version of the thing. Like you, if say for example, it's like if they were gonna like chop out a, a Batman movie. Like, why do that when you could try to get something else that already is not being done? Like with, now we just have two Constantine, one Constantine and one Constantine, and yeah. and like you know that's uh. no no. I mean, realistically, again, you haven't seen um, Sandman. There's right. actually a third Constantine uh, on the Sandman show. Like, ah, okay but which is funny because you know none of that is constant um but <laughs> <laughs> it's very unconstant but <laughs> i and i get that but but i guess the feeling is that if it's on hbo max then then maybe we can presume that it's connected but if it's not on hbo max then that gives them a little bit of a cover as to it not being connected. I I remain very frustrated at the case of Inconsistentine and <laughs> Justice League Dark. I'm very frustrated right now. Cause I mean, like, again, I I I, I am I am a proponent of the multiverse. I, I don't mind the multiverse. I don't think that it is automatically like a bad thing, even though, you know, obviously there are some uh fallbacks that it, you know, some some uh, pitfalls that I can have uh to it but my feeling always in terms of the the way that you approach that sort of thing should be that if you're exploring a new universe mm-hmm. you can use that to to build new ground not necessarily to reimagine something that already is established you don't have to say the multiverse means that we get three and four jokers three and four batman like no i mean you can give us multiple things and i understand that's going to happen sometimes but there's a lot of that that seems to kind of like more than i'm comfortable with i'll put it that way because we after after arrowverse did crisis on infinite earth we're hearing like oh well warner brothers had intended to do that in the movies too and it's like Mm -hmm. don't don't do that (laughs) like we we want to try to like re, you know, we want to we want to try to tread new ground, and and. But if I may present, not, if I may ahead. present the counterpoint, right? Mm-hmm. 
So the counterpoint, as I see it, is that it's the it's the less known characters mm-hmm. that need the connected universe more. Yeah, true. You know, so it's kind of like you use Batman to bring in Nightwing and to right. bring in Robin. You know, like you you have these established characters and then you bring them into the connected universe. Um so that those so that people have a connection to those characters but when it's a character that we already that people already like you don't you don't need to connect it to anything else because people are showing up for that so like joker for instance you know they didn't have to they don't have to connect joker that joker from the you know what's the actor's name the um help me out guys um Sorry? You're talking about Joaquin Phoenix? Yeah, Joaquin Phoenix. Thank you. You don't have to connect Joaquin Phoenix's mm-hmm. Joker to Michael Keaton, for instance, because people already like Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. So mm-hmm. you can have him have his own sequel with Lady Gaga or, or whoever because people are going to show up because it's the Joker movie. It, the, I, I just find all this so silly because it's exactly what Zaslav and the new regime basically mm-hmm. said they weren't going to do. No, like, it, it, I think I think it's exactly what they said they were going to do. <laughs> wasn't their whole thing that they just wanted to completely clean the slate? No, no. So their their whole thing was they what was happening before is that they were programming for HBO Max. Like they were trying to create content for HBO Max, even though before HBO Max existed, they were creating content for whoever would pay money for it. And Um, and that included their superhero stuff. So I, and I think that what happened is that, you know, Marvel, there's not really that same kind of attachment to Marvel characters as there is to DC characters. You don't really need seven Black Panthers, for instance, you know what I mean? Like right. in the way that you can have seven Batman. Yeah. Like, so, so they, it, it's actually to their detriment to only have one Batman when the market can clearly sustain seven Batman, <laughs> you know? So like it's everything. Profoundly depressing as a fan. Because it's like, I, I, mean, I mean, it might no, but it might be. But if you if you're the if you're the entity that owns Batman, and you know that there are seven people who would pay money to have a Batman show, like <laughs> you you charge money for the seven Batman show. I mean, <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? yes, yes. I mean that like that's that's sort of the 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 frustration of it all for me. Not even necessarily that it's like oh Batman, like I I could I could cope. I could deal with it if it was not like only the the Justice League people or but like hey, like I listen, we just yeah. established they're gonna get three Constantines. <laughs> they're gonna get the Constantine that's that's Keanu Reeves. They're gonna get mm-hmm. the Constantine that's that's the brother. I forgot his name, you know, potentially. And then it's also gonna be uh, Joanna Constantine. Um, mm-hmm. Theor- ho- hopefully, the fingers crossed. Netflix, um, you know, growing out of the Sandman universe. So, like, yeah. 
I mean, it just so happened, you know, we know that they can sustain seven Batman. Like, apparently, they can sustain three Constantine times. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, for all intents and purposes, he is that to the magical world. He is the, the <laughs> Batman of the magical world. So, like, again, it translates to, like, kind of the most sort of basic, you know, kind of person that you can choose. Like, hey, yeah, Batman, that guy, he's he's doing stuff. What's he up to? And then... You know, that uh, more of the oxygen in terms of what you're sort of approaching um, is, you know, the way that you can, like, we have a, a, a what, what was, didn't, didn't Batman just recently have an animated movie where he was like with the Justice League Dark? Yes, he did. <laughs> See, that's, mm-hmm. he, he should have a lane. You get what I'm no, saying? his like his lane is his lane is all of the lanes. Um, yeah, it's like he, he doesn't have a lane. He's he's like the the we have like the little uh, um the the little Hot Wheels track, and then we have like the regular cars that go inside of the lane, and each one has their own. And then he's like the big Mack truck that just like covers all and of look, the lanes. And this is where I remind the listeners, even the new listeners. Mm-hmm. That uh, in season five of the racial draft, uh, every delegation is getting their own Batman. Um, because, Batman. yeah, because, Batman. because clearly there's no limit to the amount of appetite for Batman. So, why <laughs> should there just be one Batman? Um, why shouldn't every ethnicity have a Batman? Um, but go on, yes. There's no lane. There's no I mean, lane. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's 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 uh the the fictional equivalent of dystopian is <laughs> what it feels like. Because you know, we, we sort of even even uh, Aquaman is gonna have the Batman appearance in it and like you know the flash or all of its fraught goings on is gonna also have at least one Batman involved, and it's mm-hmm. just yeah, yeah, yeah. I it's, mean, this is a, as good enough a time as any to remind you that uh, even though HBO Max passed on the new Batman animated series called Batman Cape Crusader, mm-hmm. that's that's being sold, um, not on HBO Max. I believe they said that the kit, the the main candidates for oh. the project uh, were uh, between. Uh, Netflix, Amazon, and Apple um, as the top candidates to uh, pay pay Warner Brothers Discovery money to get that that animated series. So again, more Batman. Oh, heaven forbid we uh, we bypass that that sorely overlooked and underused character. Oh, never enough, never enough Cape Crusader, but. Let's see. Is there more DC news before we transition? No, I think that's I think that's it. I think we covered the whole DC of it. So now let's bring it back. Bring it back to the Disney. So Disney shifted around their movie calendar, y'all. Um, some one movie uh, pour out some pour out some liquor for Star Wars Rogue Squadron. Um, take, we don't know if it's been canceled outright. But it's been taken off of the of uh, the calendar. It was supposed to come out December twenty second, twenty twenty three, the first Star Wars movie after 
Rise of Skywalker, which was not well received. Uh, Patty Jenkins, who you might know from Wonder Woman 1984, mm-hmm. um, yeah. was supposed to direct said movie. Um, don't think she's going to be directing that movie. Um, but taken off the calendar and some of the movies have been shifted, sorry, shifted around. So there's a new Snow White movie coming out in 2024, a movie called Ello, also 2024, Inside Out 2, also 2024, the Mufasa Lion King prequel, also 2024. Um, What else? Uh, Haunted Mansion. August 11th, 2023, there were some untitled Marvel movies that um, were moved around. Let me get to that. Sorry, guys. Untitled Marvel movies. So, yeah, so none of the titled Marvel movies have changed, but... Yeah, I don't have, sorry guys, I don't have the dates for the untitled Marvel movies that have been shifted, but they were shifted, I think, in the same year, not shifted. So yeah, there was one that was supposed to come out February 16th, 2024, and it's now going to come out uh, September 6th, 2024. I think a lot of people were speculating that was going to be a a Deadpool movie, but it could also be a Shang-Chi movie. So we'll see. Um, the uh, this is hmm? so yeah, I mean, movies are getting shifted around. Uh, not bad news, but still news, still news. Additionally, are you guys fans of the Blade Runner series? Here, I'm not. I understand, I have not seen the Blade Runner sequel. And I wasn't a huge fan of the original Blade Runner movie. Um, mm-hmm. It was cool. I probably need to rewatch it. Um, but Blade Runner 2099 is going to be a series set in the Blade Runner universe. And that's been picked up by Prime Video. So Amazon, they're probably going to pour a lot of money into it. Hmm. They're going to do some Blade Runner. It's. I think it's kind of funny that of all the things to, uh, all the entities going to be depicting a dystopian uh, tech, no cyberpunk universe where the corporations rule everything, you know, <laughs> of, all the, of all the entities that would depict that, Amazon. I mean, yeah, that was like uh, uh, Netflix is like, they're, they're trying to, to make Squid Game <laughs> squid game work for them so yeah there's a squid game uh a squid game a game show where they're going to be competing <laughs> for competing for for the all the money i i didn't actually add that to to the docket but um i don't i mean i know they're 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 not at least advertising that people are going to die so spoilers for, switch, for squid know. game <laughs> you never know i mean look would you stop watching it if people were dying? Be honest. I reserve comment <laughs> for, for the purpose of the show. 
I, I plead the fifth or, mm. or whatever the podcast equivalent is. Yeah, Part exactly. of me wants to sign up for the show, even knowing <laughs> damn well that there's a possibility I will get killed off <laughs> if I don't successfully complete a challenge. Yeah, I um yeah, I mean the way my finances are set up, I understand. Um <laughs> How else am I going to pay for college? You know, sometimes you got to do, you got to do things like you got to join Squid Games to pay for college. You know, it's real life. So, yeah, they're competing for 4.56 million, which isn't that much money, but it's 456 players. Like, that is amazing. It is amazing. Everybody's worth it. Your life is worth a hundred thousand dollars. I I mean, to be fair, at least at least Squid Game is like you get money at the end, as opposed to Hunger Games, where you just like just, live. You just get <laughs> at, to live. At, at least I get to make the billionaires in their high tower lap. <laughs> like at least they get to have a show. No, no, I get that. No, no, you're right. I just think it's funny because like, um, you didn't have to create the dystopian world. You just had to like. Have our world where <laughs> people are just like for a hundred thousand dollars, potentially four point five six million dollars. Who do I have to kill? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, yeah. So, um, from the people who brought you uh, Squid Game, uh, the fictional series Squid Game, they're bringing you the the uh, re- real series Squid Game. So, I mean, what's funny is how many of those people actually work for Netflix and they just want the money so that Netflix <laughs> ends up in the black uh, next quarter. David Zaslov is competing in the Squid Game. He's like, listen, we got to do what we got to do to pay these bills, guys. <laughs> All right. And that brings us to, I believe, our final story. Nope. Second to final story. Our final, our, our second to final story. Good news. Back in the world of Marvel, Jeff Loveness, who recently wrote Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, is also going to be writing Avengers Kang Dynasty, which is going to be directed by Destin Daniel Credin, who directed Shang-Chi. Uh, guys, are you familiar with a lot of uh, Dennis Loveness's work? I am not. What about um, you, Jared? So uh, he wrote a lot, or uh, I don't think I don't think he wrote. He he might have been like the the like he has a lot of written by credits on some of the recent episodes of uh, Rick and Morty. Okay, um, a show that I do still watch. Um, mm-hmm. One of which, actually, one of which in season four was probably the best episode of season that that particular season the the vat of acid episode okay i do love that episode yeah and then he wrote the last the first of the last season which were hands down the best because Mm -hmm. the other ones weren't that great yeah but uh, shout out to jessica gao who also worked on rick and morty yeah i mean jessica gao is the 
is the one responsible for Pickle Rick. Mm -hmm. Um, So usually it seems that when like a writer who has been pre who has previously written on something uh, when they they bring them to write something else clearly seems that they like their work. You know, Mm -hmm. Michael Waldron originally wrote Loki. uh, um, So I I think it's a fantastic pair. I I couldn't have uh, hoped for a better pair up than uh, Destin, Daniel Cretton, and Jeff Loveness. I mean, they they must like what they have on their hands with Quantumania, or Quantumania must just really feed well into Kang Dynasty for them to bring Loveness back. So Yeah, cool. What about you, Randy? you have any thoughts about Jeff Loveness? Well, um, I'm not familiar with his work. I, I am vaguely familiar with Rick and Morty. <laughs> but I do know that they like involve a, a lot of like dimensional travel and, and sort of other sci-fi shenanigans <laughs> and stuff. So, I mean, clearly he, he's on a very popular show that deals with similar subject matter. So, I, uh, clearly they like something they saw and uh, as Jared said and I'm very interested in seeing how that uh, that experience with that particular part of the genre shines through alright and the final story which is the probably the most controversial story of the week uh, Marvel Studios uh, issued a statement very brief statement with regard to uh, what we talked about last week and that was the introduction of uh, Sabra into the MCU. Um, there was an article in the uh, in the New York Times where they they talked about kind of how dicey of a proposition of bringing this character with the problematic history, um, you know, was into the MCU. The uh, the quote is: Let's see if I can find it. This is a Marvel quote. While our characters and stories are inspired by the comics, they are always freshly imagined for the screen and today's audience. And the filmmakers are taking a new approach with the character Sabra, who was first introduced into the comics over 40 years ago. Uh, Not really saying a lot, but saying kind of what we talked about, which is that, yeah, it's not going to be a one-for-one translation Mm -hmm. of of the character. so despite any of the panels that you might bring to the table, um, not, not that, not that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's, kind of, it's kind of just frustrating that we even have had, uh, you know, I guess that we've had sort of had people not necessarily bring up the conversation because obviously the conversation needs having, but, but, bring up the conversation having already jumped to the conclusions like we already know first of all just generally as as a person who watches um these adaptations these movies these shows they never do an exact one-to-one translation from the comics ever wait you're telling me they never do a direct one-to-one adaptation of the comics like Shang-Chi's father wasn't Fu Manchu. Right. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, but but that like literally they never do a perfect recreation 
I mean, if for no other reason, just because you can't fit all of that freaking history into like two hours. Yeah. But they, they not to mention the fact that like our understanding Mm -hmm. as a society of what the Israel Palestine conflict was in 1980 is different from what our understanding of this conflict is in 2022. Yeah. I mean, like, and it would be weird. It would be weird (laughs) to have a character in 2022 who looks at the conflict the way that people looked at that conflict 40 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I will say like, we've gotten some problematic characters before. This is not our first time seeing a problematic character. We have a character who literally is based on another character called Man Ape. He is not called Man Ape in the movies, nor should he be. Like we 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 get the fact that there are some problematic elements and like we, we didn't quite get um look we the, have a character the... who was a Nazi. Yeah. And and we love this character. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Baron, Baron, Baron <laughs> Baron Zemo is vastly different in the movie than he is in the comics. And, and you know, M'Baku is not the same guy that we see as Man-Ape in the comics. Eros, I'm fairly certain, when we see him on, on the screen, he's not going to be doing unseemly things to She-Hulk. He's not going to be that same guy. Like, I, not, I really highly You mean he's that. not going to use his powers to take advantage of women sexually? Is it you're telling yeah, me? I'm pretty, no, I'm, no? I'm, I'm, I'm fairly certain we can we can discount that possibility. Okay. And and look, it's I mean, we don't have a you know listeners, um, if you are a member of the Swana community, um, we will we are we are opening up the discourse, open invite to come come on the show and and present your perspectives because we want to hear perspectives from all all sides of of any discussion um so so this is not us uh silencing voices from different communities however you know we we can only represent like you know who we are and and our different perspectives like how we how we want to look at the situation is that the history of these characters to the extent that they are problematic, to the extent that they are worthy of critique, those critiques should be made. You know, we should call out racism, um, hate from, from different eras, but just because those, those uh, characters did exist in that form that doesn't mean that those characters will exist in that form today, particularly when they cross media, mm. you know, and, and it's, I don't, you know, I just think it's, I think it's reasonable to want these characters to be presented in there in a better light, because if you, you know, if you're a, a, an IP based company, and you and you own the rights to a character, you don't want that character to be offensive. No. You don't want people to like Google that character and be like, oh, this character is is uh, hateful. You know, I think I think that 
I think that it, it's perfectly reasonable for someone who owns the rights to a character to say, yeah, we, we made some mistakes with the character, but now in 2022, this is what this character represents, this is who this character is. And hopefully, you know, not to say that we should ignore or erase the, the problems in, inherent in the character in the past, but, you know, we want to do better. As as an Israeli Jew, you know, I, I totally understand like the concern that mm -hmm. people have over the introduction of the character, and I am happy that I mean it, it it really went without saying, but I am happy that Marvel did release a statement. However, what does get me upset is when people are like they shouldn't do this character, period, just because this character did have like a questionable um yeah. past that was i mean very much of its time yeah. and um, and i and i would take it a, sorry to cut you off but no, i would take no. it a step i would take it a step further because there's that discussion mm -hmm. but then there's a discussion which does make me uncomfortable which is when people say that to even introduce an israeli character yeah that shouldn't like it's something it's that they very, shouldn't it's do it's a very easy slippery slope to to sort of make room for the anti-semitic commentary yeah like it's I, one it's one thing to say that this character's history <clears throat> is so bad that it couldn't possibly be redeemed mm -hmm. yeah and then to say this character is is israeli and we shouldn't have an israeli character in my opinion, uh, I don't know how others may feel about it, though I, I do see that as anti-Semitism, plain and simple. You know, at, at, at like Israel was created back in 1948 as a Jewish state, and you know, like at, in its simplest form, you know, to say that a character should not exist because they are Israeli is. I, I do consider that anti-Semitism. Um, so that, that, yeah. those are just my feelings about it. No, no, no. I mean, and, and again, that's just, I'm glad, that's why I'm glad you're here, you know, because like, I think that, I think that it's possible to both critique the character yeah. while acknowledging that, that, that you, that the stance that the character shouldn't exist yeah. is, is anti-Semitic. The, the character sure. does need an update, though. Yes. Uh, so hopefully Marvel will deliver on that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, and, whether, and, and you know, the, and, um, go go ahead. Sorry, Randy. No, I just was saying whether whether the specific details uh, are are particularly satisfactory is is you know a different aspect of that conversation. But totally. yeah, and yeah, that's what I was. That's what I was about to say. Like once they they actually do present the character mm -hmm. then we can have a discussion as to how well they did mm -hmm. about rehabilitating the character you know and then we can then we can base it on on what we actually did get you mm -hmm. know we can say like you know what there were still some problematic elements there you know it's it's unfortunate they didn't completely redeem the character you know but because we haven't yeah. seen the character, mm -hmm. 
I don't feel comfortable saying that this character is incapable of being redeemed. Yeah. Right. I'm fully withholding judgments, though I do remain optimistic. I mean, I consider Wenwu the best villain that Marvel has had, that, that Marvel has put out. Okay. And, you know, Wenwu, the, the Mandarin, he's not even really the Mandarin in the movie, mm-hmm. but the Mandarin, the character that Wenwu is directly adapted from, is incredibly problematic. Incredibly, so, incredibly racist. Yeah, <laughs> like, look at what they did. Like, you know, they, I think people are, I mean, people are valid to freak out, but like, Marvel knows what, like, cut them a little bit of slack. Like, they yeah. know what they're doing, kind of, I hope. Yeah, I mean, but, but again, if I may be a little bit of devil's advocate, um, if you're the if you're the kind of person who feels like Marvel doesn't really take strong moral stances um, when it comes to like geopolitics and you know and and what's you know issues that are happening in the world, and you yourself mm-hmm. feel like strong stances need to be taken. I can understand why you might feel like this is perhaps too much of a minefield, you know? I think, that- I think sort of in, in that consideration, like, I mean, personally, I'm of the mind that I I don't really need movies to, like, I don't need fiction to sort of inform my worldview. Okay. And so I feel like, you know, it is sort of... Um, it, it it's not it's not as if I I am of like the escapist mindset. Of course, mm-hmm. obviously you have real world considerations and stuff like that. But but some people take it to such an extreme that it it sort of ignores the fact that the the filmmakers the the studios are trying to tell a story. And they're trying to tell a story that can appeal to as many people as possible. Mm-hmm. They have a, a line, they have a, a, a tightrope to walk. And frankly, as long as they're not like trying to say that these morally reprehensible people are good people, like, I mean, you, you, you have to look at the context of it all. You right. have to, to, to kind of know who is being uh, lionized and who's being demonized and and don't just say okay all israeli people like okay no if they belong to a certain faction then you can sort of be like oh well you know this group they did da 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 da, da and they yeah. you know that's different but if you just generally just say all people belonging to this ethnicity then that crosses a line from being legitimate criticism to being the the you know being anti-semitic yeah i mean we've talked about this before um, I can't remember if we talked about it on the show, but like Captain America, you know, Steve Rogers, the character, mm-hmm. like he stands for all, often, like, even though my country does X, mm-hmm. I don't approve of that because I stand for more important values. Mm-hmm. You know, I will my- constantly, you know, go against what mm-hmm. the government does because what the government does is immoral yes and there's people who still feel like he he represents like 
sort of the the upholding of the white supremacist status quo. Yeah. Like there, there's people who still kind of go, you know, like because he drapes himself in the colors, then obviously he stands for all of what America has done, even though we've seen the context of like, no, he's actually been very much adamant about trying to hold our country accountable and, and sort of uh, uh, appeal to our better angels so that we can, you know, elevate ourselves. Yeah. So, and, and I agree with that. And I think that like, you can be a fan of Captain America mm-hmm. while also saying, but America does some fuck shit. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, like, right, exactly, yes. And and the hope is that that same kind of nuance can be applied to the character of Sabra, mm-hmm. where like, you know, she takes a similar stance that like, yes, I'm Israeli. Yes, I was created through the Israeli super soldier program, which I assume is what's happening, right? Um, however, there's some stuff that I yeah. don't stand for. And I'm going to stand for being a hero. I'm going to stand for people's lives and, and not people suffering, no matter what their ethnicity is, no matter what their religion is, you know, and I'm not you know, going to, again, one of the more problematic things that happened in the comics was, was when they first presented her, they presented her as someone who didn't feel that way. Yeah. And I totally get why someone might read the comics and say, no, you better not, you know, put that on our screen, you know, and then and, and yeah. ask us and ask us to see her as a hero. But right. even if we just look at Sabra's appearances in the last five to ten years. That's not that's not who she is. We softened as a character. Like we didn't like again, I, I don't know if I I'm fairly certain I mentioned it last week on uh, you know, mm-hmm. but in reference to uh Agents of Wakanda, I believe it happened in, or or maybe like the, I think it might have been the Black Panther book, actually. I think it may have been that, or maybe like the 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 Avengers comic that kind of led up to it, or something like that. But it was it was fairly recently, where Black Panther assembles these you know multinational heroic figures, and we sort of had um, like I think it was Arabian Knight and and Sabra were sitting like right next to each other, or or fairly close to each other, mm-hmm. and. They they had kind of like a little exchange. I mean, a couple of decades ago, she was just lighting up Muslim people just, you know, that just, you know, on site. That yeah. was just kind of how she was. And and we we sort of um expected that from her. And there was no, you know, there was no kind of positive uh there was nothing really positive to be drawn from it. There was no room for like, oh yes, and I sort of draw a distinction between civilians and combatants, or I try to distinguish between, you know, people who believe this particular belief or who don't. It just was, she was like Israeli, you know, that's just who she was. Yeah. If anything, she was less Captain American, more John Walker. You know what I mean? Yeah. um, Now, I'm going to put this out there because I, I predicted it in, in another platform. I think that the character 
that is understood to be Arabian Night um, mm-hmm. in in other media. Uh, I think that character is going to show up in uh, in in uh, in this movie in Captain I mean, America: New I, World Order. I I can't think of mm-hmm. like much of a better place where he should show up. Like I I just think that he's good. not going to be a he's not going to be called the Arabian Night. Um, I don't think he's going to have any of the like overly stereotyped right. uh, characteristics that we associate with Arabian Night. I think he's right. basically going to be the the counterbalance. Um, for, for sorry, go ahead, Jared. No, 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 no. You you continue. You continue. yeah. I think he's going to, and and counterbalance is probably the wrong terminology. I think he's going to be like the um the counterpart like uh of sabra in the muslim world and I, I, in I, fact and in fact i think that they're going to be allies like i don't think they're going to be um you know rivals in any way i think it's just basically going to be we are both super soldiers we were mm-hmm. both created at a time you know when our our respective governments were trying to um, come you know, up with their answer to Captain America. Yeah, but but also trying to like one up one another, you mm-hmm. know. But in fact, we're two people who want the same things. Yeah, and and that makes us allies, despite what our countries, you know, right. our respective countries might want us to be. Um, was it here where someone suggested uh, Layla to show up? Yes. In, uh... Yeah, we, we talked about that. Yeah. Um, um, you, you think it's going to be... Uh, um... I think that would be really cool. Um, and, you know, maybe if they do that, if they have Layla instead of... Like, I, I just think that, you know, we know how Layla was created. Yeah. No, I, and we, I and, Yeah. And we... And whereas if they do that parallel where there were like, you know, there was an Israeli super soldier... There was a like Muslim super soldier. And then like, wouldn't you know it? They ended up like meeting and they were like, what are we doing? Like, we're, we're not, we're both, we both want the same things. You know what I mean? I I can see, I can see how like very quickly and efficiently in the story, you can present the two of them as allies Mm -hmm. and, and show that neither of those characters represent the. the they're the they're not one hundred percent beholden to the to the governments that that wanted yeah. to, to weaponize. And them. and and again, and they're not part of whatever whatever propaganda that either mm-hmm. group wants to say that the other is. Right. You know, because I think that that's the concern, right? The concern is that by presenting that that you will present an Israeli uh, super soldier in such a way as to make her Zionist propaganda, you know, Um, that through her, she will say or do things that uh, end up excusing things that happen in the real world that we Mm -hmm. shouldn't be excusing, you know, like, and I get that critique. I get that argument. But I also think that we shouldn't assume that that's what they're setting out to do. Right. You know, I think that both looking at the context of what 
the the story in the MCU is and just looking at the context of like comic books in general and heroism in general like they're they're not trying to promote a a nefarious agenda like I know that people on Twitter want to say that they are but they're not (laughs) I mean again again before my before my internet connection was so rudely interrupted like I, I don't even know if y'all caught it, but I mean, Kevin Feige I, or or one of the higher up people was was disturbed even by the the idea of Doctor Strange mansplaining magic to Wanda. So like, if if you're bothered and disturbed by something on that sort of level to the point where you just like remove the scene. Like you, you, I, I could see if you like tried to alter it or try to make it a little bit softer, he removed that scene. Like it just didn't happen. And so if if they make the consideration on that sort of level, on just like a social, like don't be a jerk kind of level, then how much more are we gonna think about like the geopolitics of it all? You're 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 obviously not dealing with someone who who sort of takes these things uh lightly. lightly. Yeah. Right, exactly. I mean, we, we've seen the way they handled like these sorts of things before. I mean, like take Miss Marvel. Like, I, I I'll be honest, I'm not. I mean, obviously, I'm not, I'm not Pakistani, but like, the, I feel like the way they handled partition was like they handled it with such care and class. Like the people who were telling that story clearly knew, like you know, clearly they wanted to do it right. Mm-hmm. And like I, I wouldn't say this is like one for one, but like mm-hmm. I, I'd say it's for, you know somewhat dicey topics. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So you know the whole yeah. Israeli-Palestinian right. conflict is very hot button today. Yeah. Um, but but again, like I said before, I think that if you're the kind of person that wants a strong stance being taken, like if you want like them to present a world in which one of the characters looks at the camera and goes, Israel, you're doing this wrong. And, <laughs> then go watch the documentary. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and that, you know, the the um the apartheid and genocide of the Pakistan of, of the sorry of the Palestinian people must stop. Like that's not gonna happen. I know for you a know, fact that that's exactly. not gonna happen, you know exactly. Like, but you're also not going to get a situation in which one of the characters looks at the camera and goes, we're Israel. Everything that we do uh, for the Jewish state is completely acceptable. And all you brown people are terrorists and you deserve to burn in hell. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's like, they're not going to do that either. They're not going to like you know be like super extreme like yeah i mean it's it's very easy to try to simplify it in 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 like social media terms but yeah they're not going to do that it's it's ridiculous to to presume otherwise but some folks are just unwilling to compromise and if you don't you know precisely mirror my opinion then you must you know, you must be in support of the exact extreme opposite of it. And that's simply not the case. Yeah. Uh, 
I'm going to be honest, my internet connection kind of just went out and I it came back on during uh, All Brown People Are Terrorists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, of course. That's that, that that's that's what I was saying. <laughs> no, but in, no, but in all seriousness, I mean, it's tough. Like as someone who spends way too much time on the internet and way too much time on social media, it, it gets it gets tough to kind of parse like what 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 they're what what people want from from social media accounts mm-hmm. and what realistically is is happening in pop culture and you know like I'm not telling anyone who's listening who's within, within ear, earshots of the podcast they shouldn't take strong political stances. Go for it. I just think that expecting a like multi-billion dollar uh, corporate enterprise to reflect your politics um, is that's just probably not a reasonable reasonable thing to shoot for. And and generally, I would say that you probably don't want to. You know, I mean, I'm, you know, what, what do I know? I am, I am a Christian. So maybe y'all think that, uh, that the Bible is fictional, but yeah, I mean, I think that you shouldn't inform your, your worldview period from fiction. Like it should be something from your own convictions and, and that should be, you know, I don't know. I feel like some folks are like mad that, 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 you know, movies and shows and stuff don't, don't necessarily, um, give a, 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 a an outright moral mm-hmm. but they that's not their job they're they can tell stories and and you know the story can be yes this person did the right thing and they got a happy ending or they could do the right thing and not get a happy end. i mean i mean storytelling is just so vast and varied that you can't possibly expect the same sort of takeaway from every fictional thing that you take in mm-hmm. no You're right. i'm just i'm just really interested in seeing how all this like comes into play because like they they are creating a lot of trouble for themselves mm-hmm. just, like and, that, and that's the like mm-hmm. the jew speak like you know like <laughs> uh by including this character um so like I, I'm I'm really interested to see to to see how this story, you know, unfolds. If if they if it takes them to the Middle East, like why? Um, yes, I, do- I, that part I definitely don't think is happening. Like oh, so so it's it's so it's the thing is like so I um I watch a lot of spy stuff. Mm-hmm. Maybe not as much as some other people do, but. When when there's a lot of when there's spy stuff, they just kind of like run down the different countries and their different groups yeah. in involved in the spy craft. Mm-hmm. Like I ex- I fully expect this movie to indulge in that kind of spy craft and uh, geopolitics of you know there's Russian groups, there's Middle Eastern groups. There's Israeli groups, there's potentially, you know, South American groups, you know what I mean? Like there's these different countries that have different agendas 
And then there's a Captain America who's trying to like do the right thing in the face of of what these other countries want to do. And I feel like that's about as deep as it's going to go. Um I, I'm re- I'm really interested in hearing from you. Like what what do you think this besides that, like mm-hmm. the leaders in the, like what yeah. do you think? How do you think this movie will so so my theory um that I'm still trying to cultivate is that you know in in the comics there was you know organization hammer yeah which ended up becoming kind of like the replacement for shield after um secret invasion after shield was discredited and you know the world was looking for like a new intelligence slash um you know super powered entity like to to sort of protect the world from whatever was happening i think that that's a new world order part you know i think that that you know we're going to get the leader we're going and he's going to stand in for norman osborne as the the like person who uh is is what are you saying randy no i was saying uh the person who pulls the strings yeah the person who pulls the strings you know we know he's a genius we assume if we if we if we do the math like like the leader probably got his powers back in the time of the incredible hulk yeah which would have been 15 20 years ago at this point in the timeline of the universe right mm-hmm. like he's been must have been involved in machinations mm-hmm. over over this time frame and and that means that if he you know unless we find out through retcons that he was doing stuff in the other projects he was probably involved on the international stage so part of one of the things that they they did in that movie was connect the super soldier serum to the hulks whether it's hulks or super soldiers i could totally see the leader having a group and 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 presenting himself and presenting his group as the the new thing the new entity that's going to protect the world where shield could not what if the hulks and super soldiers what 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 maybe they don't have to be different maybe they're like one in the same in that it's this new version of super soldiers but they're hulks you see what i'm you know what I'm yeah because i mean i think it, it i think it would would be weird to have captain america fight a hulk yeah. um you know so i think that i think that it's it's more likely that that those will be like two different things that he will have his you know have his hands into because i still think that i mean spoiler alert for for you guys that are listening to other podcasts i think that he's going to play a role in the she-hulk series um i think that he's going to try to if not successfully but try to get jen walter's blood you know for you know for more hulks but I, but I do think that 
coming off of Secret Invasion and potentially coming off of Armor Wars that whatever group was in charge before um, is going to be replaced by the group that the leader is running. And it's going to be multinational. It's like, going to like involve a, other countries. Like sort of like an intelligentsia? Yeah, intelligentsia. And intelligentsia. yeah, and, and it's going to, you know, maybe take the place of Hammer. I like that. <laughs> you know, so I think that the super soldiers from different countries will be revealed to have been, and they maybe even the power broker for all we know, you know what I mean, is going to be kind of tied into the leader and what the leader was doing. You have Modoc coming in these movies, in the quantum, the like, mm -hmm. yeah. So, yeah. I mean, Modoc is typically on that roster. So maybe, maybe more. I mean, Modoc was introduced in a Captain America comic. So, mm -hmm. I'm, yeah, I wouldn't mind more Modoc in uh, I mean, I personally Captain think, I, I just personally think because it's Modoc's probably going to be an Ant Man movie, which is going to tie into Kang. Yeah, that they'll yeah. probably like, unless they tie Kang to the intelligentsia, which I don't think they're going to do. Um, except. Like you don't think, you don't think that Jonathan Majors looks good in a business suit? <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, he's just like one of the people in the background that's like, oh yeah, he's just one of the supporting characters. <laughs> Everybody is knowing that he's doing all whatever, but he just here's the you know, if we if we didn't know if we didn't know that it was going to be Jonathan Majors, uh -huh. then he, then yes, but because we know that it's Jonathan Majors, like I think that you know I think that it's going to be harder to hide the ball that that kang is involved obviously they're not going to do this but like throw in victor timely you know that would kind of be fun <laughs> right that's what i'm saying like he's he's kind of done numerous different personas that it it doesn't seem like it's something like outlandish <laughs> that he would sort of be um present at at numerous integral sort of uh turning points in the avengers history no no listen like I said, if we didn't know that it was Jonathan Majors, mm -hmm. you know, I think it would be a lot easier to slot him in there. But if we see someone that looks like Jonathan Majors, you're going to be like, Leonardo mean, you know? Like, you know? <laughs> so that's why, I, that's why I think that at least early on, it, it may connect down the line, but I think early on, I think they really want to, you know, get the leader out there as a, you know, as a replacement for Norman Osborn. Um, I, I will, I will hazard my little guess right now. We're going to get a regular looking, boring sort of person on this intelligentsia <laughs> group. And then at the end of the movie, we're going to see the little image inducer, a little effect and the face is going to be like, yeah, actually, it's Jonathan Majors. I'm, I'm calling that now. I'm manifesting you know that. Who, you know who that's going to be? It's going to be fucking uh, Hayward from WandaVision. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's who that's going to be. Mm -hmm. He did nothing. That's who it's gonna be. I'm telling you that. That, right that would please me immensely. I mean, Hayward should be in prison though. For being 
who shot children. He's the worst. Exactly. <laughs> he exactly. might be the worst mm. person in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, right? I can't think of anything worse. <laughs> he shot children. But they're not real, guys. They're not real. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, look, there is we, we we mentioned before how much we loved the Secret Invasion trailer. We like the the shows, the way that they're presenting these shows for the, the coming years, like injected into my veins. These seem mm-hmm. like really cool because they don't seem to be like superhero oriented. They seem to be like you know storyline oriented, mm-hmm. and and who knows who could pop up like in these in these storylines and what the ramifications might be. Um, yeah, but that's the that's the marvel of it all. Do you guys have any other stories that I might have missed before we we we, we break off? I I have a story that I would like to uh, take a break from for a little okay. minute. Sure. Um, I I will mention it, and then hopefully it will remain only a mention. <laughs> uh, we got we got more news about um. Ezra Miller today. Oh, that dropped. Yeah, I mean, well, here's the thing about that article. I liked the article. I thought it was well written, but it was just a comprehensive um, summary of stuff that we had been hearing and had heard over yeah. the course of the last year. So, so I, I, I will like it's the it's saying... the kind of thing that I if no if someone says to you Ezra Miller, what's that all about? Like. That's the story you share mm-hmm. with them. Um, right. But in terms of if you're like us and you've been, you know, consuming Ezra Miller content over the last six months, there's not, there's nothing new, really. Yeah. I, I, I just, I like, I was sort of dreading. <laughs> it was like, he was like, is this the last story on the, on the docket? No, I think we got one more step. Like, oh, here it comes. <laughs> no, okay, no. fine. So. <laughs> no, there's no need. I mean, look. This is going to sound terrible, and I apologize to people who were like hardcore Ezra Miller, um, you know, people. But <sighs> Ezra has issues. Uh-huh. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but just because Ezra has issues, that doesn't mean that the way to address Ezra's issues is by canceling the movie. Yeah. Um, we don't know if the law and if the court of public opinion, well, the court of public opinion is definitely like fairly against Ezra when it comes to social media. But like, you know, we can have we can definitely have a discussion about whether like Ezra's doing good in the world and whether Ezra will do good in the world. But but I think that it's a little bit disingenuous to say that um, canceling the Flash movie is something like justice because it isn't, it isn't, you know? Like whether or not they find 
uh, help, get help, become a better person. Um, like that's separate. It's a separate issue from whether mm -hmm. the Flash movie comes out. And there are a lot of other people who worked on that movie that don't need to have their careers tied into some kind of retribution for for Ezra. Yeah. Like it's already bad enough that the movie was supposed to come out like two years ago and it's still not out. You know, I don't know. I mean, I know that people want accountability, but I think the accountability is its, it's, its own separate thing. I mean, there is a lot of people who don't necessarily want the accountability and kind of just want the punishment of it all. That too. So, I mean, like, again, as, as you know, we've sort of been reiterating, social media doesn't exactly let a lot of the, the nuance of that shine through. And again, I'm, I'm not one of these folks who, who tries to be too, you know, who, who tries to um, soft hand or, or, or sort of like pat on the wrist. Uh, the, the optic is clear. I have a, a white person getting sort of more graciously, you know, like, oh, mental health treatment, we need to be, you know, but yeah, that is a thing that needs to be happening here. And, and that's not really for the public to weigh in on. Yeah. And, and, and look, if it turns out that, that the, the mental health aspect is some kind of like smoke screen, mm -hmm. then by all means, call it out. But I, I just sometimes feel like it's I just sometimes feel like that like people aren't aren't like they don't care about the the issues. If Ezra was not involved in the DC extended universe and wasn't playing the Flash, I'm not sure if if people would be as invested in this story. That's just how I feel. Let me know if you guys feel differently. I mean, it's it's absolutely a very uh easily uh I I you know attention grabbing story. Because <laughs> it's like mm -hmm. just just a lot of the allegations that are coming out is like, oh wow. You know, and, and and obviously that stuff is a lot of um, clearly uh, unhinged behavior and mm -hmm. unhinged trains of thought. But yeah, I mean, the fact that it is tied to a, a you know, a, a billion dollar company trying to make billion dollar movies about this really popular, really famous character it ramps up the the sort of tension and toxicity of it all that much further. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, it's going to sound unsatisfying for a lot of people, but I do actually want Ezra to get help. I do want 
um, if there are victims for that for those stories to come out and like come out in a way that that's incontrovertible and then for there to be accountability i think that yeah. you know i think that in the meanwhile we should kind of let those like the people involved do what what they need to do to you know to 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 get to push those those stories forward i mean you know one thing that came up in the vanity fair piece that we were talking about obliquely is that it sounds like there's a lot of settlements and NDAs being signed. So we might not know all the things that are that are going to happen. But if Ezra's truly as unhinged as as people are saying they are, then that movie's not going to come out because something crazy is going to happen between now and then. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, if Ezra does get help and in between now and June, if if uh, they keep their nose clean, then I don't know. I mean, literally that... and literally. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, then it, it just, then it just comes back to like we're we're back. We're back in fan and uh, in, in fandom mode. Like, is the movie good? And by a lot of accounts, it is. I don't know. I, I, it, it, it's tough. It's tough because there are bigger things and more important things than fandom. But, yeah. but I don't, it doesn't feel like yet we're we're being um, positioned to choosing between the two. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Jarrett? I mean, can I say that it hasn't really already been said? Here, I'll, I'll, I'll keep this short. Mm-hmm. Ezra, get help. Yes. That's that, 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 just Ezra, get help, please. Just get yeah. help. Yeah, I mean, and and honestly, like. I, it's it, it, it's tough because it feels like there are people who don't want Ezra to get help. It feels like there are people who are like, nah, Ezra should go to jail, even though even though it seems like there are a lot of like mental health issues at play quotes and and different like accounts of what all is going on is like this is clearly some not well behavior going on mm-hmm. and so again as as <clears throat> you know somebody who who um you know you 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 witness current events and and sort of try to to thread the needle of like is this person just doing something just because or is there something you know you know we we always sort of try to unravel what the motivation is behind somebody doing something criminal or doing something you know immoral 
And some folks do things because they just like doing bad stuff. And other people are are not in touch with reality as they should be. You know, we 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 have to be able to understand the difference between the two. And yes, you can face some sort of uh 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 not retribution, uh um like you you face some sort of dang it, what is the word? Because my mind just blanked. But mm, no problem. You, <laughs> you you face restitution. Mm, okay. Yeah. And and you 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 have to pay restitution and and sort of pay your you know your your dues toward the people that you hurt. It's up to them whether or not they want to forgive you. If they do, how long it takes, blah, blah, blah. That is, you know, it is something that's been brought to the public eye, but it's not really our place to try to say, you know, that 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 should be, you know, how that should take place. The details of that, that's not for us to say. We're just able to kind of speculate and, and, and sort of weigh in without really knowing the full picture and mm-hmm. without really knowing, you know, the extent to which harm was done, the, the, you know, whether or not, you know, whatever the details of it are, we have to understand we are outsiders looking in the, the law has to kind of be allowed to play out and, and, and assess the damage. And, and, you know, all of that is sort of, you know, for, for our end, it's just sort of, you know, we're just chewing the fat, talking about this stuff as, you know, a, a pastime. Yeah. And all that is to say that if you listeners and, you know, anyone, if you feel like in your heart of hearts that, you know, you just don't want to support this project and you don't want to support any projects that involve Ezra Miller, that is well within your rights. That is well within your, you know, in your conscience to say that, you know, you, you got to draw a line. But just because you do that doesn't mean that, you know, whatever corporation or whatever fandom that has invested time, energy, and resources in in this person and in wanting this person to um grow and evolve um that they have that that they have the same orientation and you know ultimately like i said before nine months from now when the movie comes out you know there will be trailers there will be marketing campaigns and you know you will decide ultimately like what level that you want to uh support ezra's endeavor and, and, you know, no judgment if you decide that you want no parts of it. But part of why they pushed back the project is so that we don't have to think about it right now. Um, who, who knows the way we'll think about it nine months from now. Uh, you know, it's it's a weird tone to leave it at because normally we're a lighter show, <laughs> you know, guys. But but you know, I think that's where we should leave it before we move on. Uh, like I said before, we're we're getting really close, guys. Two weeks, two weeks away before we kick off season five of the racial draft. 
I'm really looking forward to this season. I think there's going to be a lot of cool things happening. Um, Randy, uh, you know, I don't know what your thoughts about the upcoming season. I know, I know you're hyped, Jared, about the upcoming season. Um, but uh, before we, before we, you know, say our goodbyes, uh, you know, let the listeners know why they need to get hyped about the racial draft season five. I'll start with you, Randy. Because I have uh, abandoned my previous, uh, my my previous uh, nicer disposition mm-hmm. in terms of who I intend to draft. Um, we we're not doing the bidding thing. We're 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 kind of doing something straightforward that that I can uh, more clearly map out my plans mm. of of uh, of sowing chaos and discord. Randy, so... <laughs> this is gonna this is a really awkward conversation, Randy, because I need you to take a step back, and I need you to help. I need you to help the new faces. Help. <laughs> I need you to. Wow. I need you to help the new faces of the black delegation. Um, shout out to Steph and Angie of the Screen Sisters. You know, I need you to to, to guide them. Oh, okay, to, fine. To... I I will I will help them. Also, learn how to sow Discord and chaos <laughs> by, by uh, informing them of of my most uh, uh, devious machinations. I, I will be the bad influence that that they need to win. I, I yes. feel like that's only yes. fair. Yes, that is that is what I like to hear. Great, uh, Jared. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, like I'm I'm in it. You know, be safe. <laughs> you know? I, I, it's y- your boy Jared's gonna be, <laughs> and you know Sabra's gonna lead me to victory. <laughs> that, is, that is reason enough. If I wasn't told before, I'm told now. Nice, nice. This is awesome, guys. Thank you for joining me for this these last couple hours, listeners. Thank you for for listening along. Uh, I know, you know, we, we, we have a different structure from week to week, but I hope you enjoyed uh, new listeners. I apologize, but we promise we'll do better next week. Um, will, a, we? will we really? <laughs> maybe not. Maybe not. But like, you know, we do this thing. We're here every Sunday. Well, every every week we'll say we do this thing every week um we we do the racial draft listeners if you have your own perspectives that you'd like to bring to the table always we're here hit us up racial draft pod on twitter racial dot draft on instagram racial draft on facebook you can hit me up at mtf iii uh randy they can find you at where i'm on twitter as well randy s0725 and i use the hashtag superpower list Jared, they can find you where? On uh, Twitter at Jared Kirsch underscore. That's Kirsch, K-I-R-S-C-H. And uh, occasionally at, uh, you can find my writings occasionally at uh, Murphy's Multiverse. You know, I had to take a brief hiatus to actually make some friends for once at college. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, I- I'm, I'm hopefully back, kind of. Yeah, and you can occasionally find my writing at Murphy's Multiverse as well. Uh, shout out to our friends, though, at Agents of Fandom. You know, um, we have a lot of uh, cool people 
that you're going to be meeting over the next couple of weeks who write for them as well. Um, shout out to our friends at Fantasy Comics League. They're, you know, once again, they're helping to help help us and support us with respect to uh, fan, like scoring comics and scoring these characters in comics. Uh, so hit them up. Um, uh, you know, but like I said, we're always open to having guests. We're always open to discussing uh, all the issues uh, in and out of fandom, whether it regards uh, the racial draft or whether it regards nerd news. Um, but till next time, listeners, all things are possible. Thank you.